the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, Tiger Woods' car accident, the Mariners president resigns after a controversy, and a congressman proposes some great ideas to help college football players. Then, the sexual harassment woes continue to surface for LSU, and we recap the 2020 NFL season with our surprises, disappointments, and more. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 66 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. What's up, everybody? I'm back from the Great White North, also known as Ohio. It's Mac. And I am Heather, who got 1,400 likes on a comment on a tweet, so I guess I'm getting closer to a blue check now. Lewis? Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we do not have a blue check ourselves. Uh, you not can also yet. email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, well, better. I mean, last week kind of sucked. Uh, and I'm glad you plugged the the hole at everybody's hometown crowd void with my World Football League episode. Uh, <laughs> seven pages of notes on a league that didn't even make it through two seasons. So, yeah, I mean, it was a good episode and it's always relevant when you're talking history. Yeah. I mean, it's, I like the, I like the build up to it though, Tim, you're like this, this time a year ago, we were watching the XFL this time, two years ago, we were watching the AAF. Did you know that in 1974, I mean, it was great. It was a good build. Yeah. yeah. And and this year we get the, fan controlled football league yeah i haven't watched one game i watched like the one johnny manzel highlight and yeah. that was it yeah i'm I, i'm not just i'm not interested is that yeah. bad to say um, it's an interesting concept but not one i care no, enough to yeah. no I, yeah. I can see that just tanking faster than the titanic like i, I, just I don't, don't i don't know it's on switch and it's a tech thing so i can see a lot of idiots with money just dumping it into it you know yeah um, and we've seen that rich tech idiots will dump money into almost anything oh uh, well yeah because they got their money from GameStop. so yeah they, they buy and sell stonks you know exactly but heather how you doing i'm doing okay all the snow has melted since we didn't get to record last week uh we had a the big the big snow came that apparently only happens like every couple of years here. So I had snow up to my knees and yeah. uh, it was a lot of fun. The dogs had a good time. Um, yeah. It was their I, first snow. Yeah. So I can imagine. Oh yeah. They had a great time. And then, yeah. So, uh, and then I uh, broke the internet on Twitter and apparently I'm doing it again on Facebook in a group I'm not even in. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm really batting a thousand. Yeah. You really week. are Heather. I mean, I if really you am. If you don't get some kind of authentication soon, there is no Seriously, justice in the world. I feel like I, I mean, just with the tweet to the tweet alone, like I'm pretty sure I can put that on a job resume. You should be able to, <laughs> especially now. You know, yeah. I mean that that shows technical skills. Yeah, and and yeah. Uh, commu- good communication skills. Good, good, great communication. Yeah, it was a message well received by 1,400 people. So yeah. it was I mean, all I'm about a mess, messy desk. So We're, you know what. Hey, Hey, Jack Dorsey, where's the fucking blue check? Right. Uh, where is it? 
Where? Slap it on Heather's Twitter account. I hear that those are actually really check. hard to get these days. Well, dude, it's just like making partner at Twitch, man. Like it's you have to like, like like the Fayetteville Woodpeckers. Last I checked, don't even have a blue check. Well, well I mean, then you know what? They've only, I mean, they've do only better. been here for like do a better. year. Yeah, come on, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> Woodpeckers. Listen, it, sir, we have been in. There's still a panoramic going on. Okay, so they haven't really been on there as much. Yeah, a they, panoramic. They, <laughs> yeah, that's my new thing is to call it anything but a pandemic. So, mm. like, I've taken to be like, you know, like, ma'am, we're still in a Panera Bread. Can you no, please yeah. put your mask on? You yeah, because maybe if they hear about, like, if they think they're going into Panera Bread, they would be less likely to be an asshole. And like, yeah, I'm going to conduct my business here at the bank. And oh, excuse have you me, ever Heather. worked in the service industry? I mean, Who? me or Mac? Yeah. yeah, I was a pizza delivery guy. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't I, matter okay. where they okay. think they're that, going. I was a bouncer. OK, it doesn't I matter where they the think they're hell. going. They're still going to be assholes. God damn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they are. but like I said, I've just ta- I've just taken it to calling and calling it anything but a pandemic, just because I'm tired of the word, and so mm-hmm. I find it's just much more humorous to call it something that it's not. So, gotcha. Well, we're not here to talk about the service industry. We're here to talk about sports. Sports, yeah. And Woo! let's kick it off. Tiger Woods was involved in a single car accident that led to multiple fractures in his right leg. A rod was placed in his right tibia, as well as pins and screws being placed in his right foot. He was not intoxicated or under the influence at the time of the accident. Yeah. Yeah, Well, what I was going to say is from what I saw, it was like, that's a bad road. Like there's been 13 accidents on that road since January. Oh, wow. Well, um, yeah, well, if that's the case, the city wherever it occurs needs to do something. But Tiger get well soon. Um, I know that the head of the PGA Tour. Sorry, guys, I I had a gummy worm. <laughs> um, uh, you know, the head of the PGA Tour came out and was like, you know, our we are just worried about Tiger, uh, and it's I imagine it's got to be rough for him because even though there are great young golfers, I wouldn't really know. It's a stupid sport. Um, <laughs> that he could build his game around, uh, you know, Tiger Woods is still the biggest name out there. So I imagine he's like, God damn it. Uh, but yeah, Tiger, I'm glad you weren't drunk or high. Yeah, because that was my first thought, dude. That yeah. was my first thought. I was like, Oh Lord, he's on. The when you hear single again. car rollover accident, you go, Okay, so what was he on? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's good, and especially to see that- too, because he just had his back surgery. Yeah. I mean, it's good to see that he's sticking with his sobriety plan. I'm, I'm happy for him for that. You know, yeah. I'm never going to give a recovering addict shit for trying to fix their life. Um, but I will give him shit for treating his ex-wife the way he treated her. Um, so, That's Tiger, fair. shame on you. Um, and Ellen, if you're looking, call me. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's... It yeah, it's pretty bad what happened to him, and the the pictures of the car are awful. Like, yeah. oh yeah, they, they said that you know the fact that he even survived is a miracle in itself. So yeah, the, much the, less. The, one of the the sheriff's deputies said that uh, you know him wearing his seatbelt is probably what did it. So there's another lesson to be taking there, people. 
wear your seatbelts properly. Taking safety precautions that are mandated by the government are actually a good thing. I mean, sorry. Off yeah, track again. Not, not, the, not the podcast. Not the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's on my that's on my our, our sister podcast called Not All Things the Federal Government Says You Have to Do is Bad, uh, starring us three all over again. So it's hmm. yeah. It's a great it's a great side gig we have. Um wear your seatbelt, wear your mask, keep me happy. Yeah. Because uh, mm-hmm. we, we know that the the half a dozen listeners that we still have left care about well, keeping me happy. That's right. Yeah. You know. That's that's why they listen to him. It's totally yeah. why they listen. Yeah. Um so I have a question. And we might how, have an answer. How stupid are the mariners? Oh, the, <laughs> um Oh, this is this has been what I this is the one thing I was really excited to talk about and today. You know what's what's even funnier? It's in your neck of the woods now. One, it's in my neck of the woods. Yes, but two, there has not been a single conversation that I have heard at all about it. People here will talk about um, Russell Wilson all day, every day, but nothing on the mariners and there's mariner shit everywhere yeah but uh, nothing. i don't know that i've ever met a mariners fan i've met two oh. uh yeah one was a bartender at a place i bounced and one was a dude wearing a ken griffey jr jersey who was like white girl wasted uh <laughs> watching a mariners game on like a tuesday so i knew he was a real fan at that point Okay, that's fair. Listen, I had a Mariners jersey in the eighth grade. Okay, well, I, I mean, was a Ken Griffey Jr. fan. Yeah, okay, I guess so. That. Well, let, let's break the story down. Uh, the Seattle Mariners are dealing with giant fires throughout the organization. Uh, Kevin Mather, the former president and CEO of the club, resigned earlier in the week after comments he made to a Rotary Club were leaked. He complained about former Mariners pitcher Hisashi Iwakuma. Uh, oh, very good. I actually managed to hit it. He did. Uh, he did. I think he, I think Iwakuma, he who was just hired as special assistant and coach and his inability to speak English proficiently. First off, I don't speak English proficiently. Yeah. We've proven that on this podcast. Yeah. Numerous times. I mean, uh, Mather also made similar comments about Latin players in the organizational pipeline. He also mentioned that top prospects, Jared Kalenic. And Logan Gilbert would not be opening the season with the big league club in order to manipulate their service time, keeping them under control for longer. Yeah. I mean, this is what kills me. Where are our biggest stars coming from? Latin America. All and Japan. Yeah. But the biggest ones are, are mostly Latin players, yeah. right? Like Baseball is still predominantly white in makeup. But like, you know, Tatis Jr., uh, Vlad Guerrero's kid, Frankie Lindor, these are Latin American players that, you know, I'm sorry, English is a stupid language and it's not the easiest thing to learn. Uh, so I'm not going to fault, a, you know, 16, 17 year old kid entering an organizational pipeline for not knowing English and even not even fucking learning it until you have to speak it every day. I get it. Right. But then you literally go in front of a rotary club of all things, a fucking rotary club. Yeah. Uh, You know, we all know who's involved in Rotary Clubs, old white people. Um, And you you literally badmouth a guy you just like who represented your your franchise for a number of years and did it well. And you brought him back to be an assistant coach and kind of help 
you know, because Seattle's always like at the forefront of bringing over Japanese players or players from Asia. Like you get him to help their transition into the, you know, into the United States, into the big leagues, you know, and then you shit talk him. Like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, oh, I mean, he, there was other things he also said. I mean, he called his team's best pitcher very boring. He also yeah. embellished the pitcher's actions in a clubhouse incident, told another quote unquote falsehood. Uh, about a well-respected veteran and complained that the franchise's best player over the past decade was overpaid. Oh, I, I mean, and he's the president and CEO of the franchise. Like, did he not expect this thing to get out? I mean, granted. Well, I'm just trying to figure out why he felt that an audience of Rotarians were the right group to do this. Because with. he assumed they all agreed with him. Yeah, or and they they were old enough to not know how to operate a smartphone. Um, There's that too, you know. But like, I, I think the the really damning thing is what he's doing to those two prospects. Like, he's open. Okay, first off, that's against the collective bargaining rules, right? You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he openly admitted that that's what Seattle was going to do. So this is going to cause like a secondary, like a knock on effect uh, dur- during the next. CBA negotiations because you're going to have some of these players. I mean, and it's already happened with guys like Mike Trout, Chris Bryant, you know, these, these bigger names that we have now that have been in the big leagues for a little bit, but those teams also, you know, they, these guys were tearing up the AAA. There was no reason for them to be in AAA anymore, but they wanted to keep them under team control longer. So they backed up their arrival date, you know, in the big leagues. Um, You know, the fact that the team president said, Hey, we're doing this, uh, you know, is essentially a big fuck you to major league baseball rules and the players aren't going to be happy about it. Uh, And honestly, if I were the union chief right now, you know what I'm doing? I'm going to the national labor relations board and filing a grievance, you know, like you're fucking with this dudes, these, these kids ability to make money. Mm -hmm. And we all know, fuck you. We always side with the players, make get pay them people, pay them players. All right. Pay them. Like, yeah. Speaking, speaking of getting, paid uh i'm gonna call a little audible here and let's let's talk about that tattoo steal yeah buddy Um, 340 14 years baby (laughs) you know you know what the funniest statistic i read about that deal though fernando tatis when his four 14 year contract is up he will be paid at the same time as uh bobby bonilla that's awesome I mean, but do you because Bobby this? Bonilla has that ridiculous yeah. like he gets paid a million dollars for like twelve thousand years. Yeah, the annuity. <laughs> um, but no, here's here's the worst part. When Tatis was sixteen years old, he signed a deal to make some money up front based on what he would be doing in the future. Yeah, so, it was basically a cash advance type yeah. deal. So he's going to lose twenty seven. He's got to pay that company that fronted him that money twenty seven million dollars right yeah. off the jump, um, yeah. which. You know, that's predatory lending, uh, you know, uh, the kind of like you only see in like military towns. Um, It absolutely is because of the way those deals are structured. I was reading up a little bit about them. It's like you take a little bit of a loan and then like if if you want to if you want a fifty thousand dollar loan, it's like five percent of your your future contract. If you want a hundred thousand dollar loan, it's ten percent. And so he took like a like $250,000 loan and therefore owes like whatever part of his contract. 
Yeah, uh-huh. and the, and the thing is, is the the president of that company justifies it by saying we only uh, collect money if they make it to the major leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, it's a gamble on their end, but it's not like they're loaning money to me. Yeah. Uh, on on the off chance I make it to the majors. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is gross, and uh, you know that again. Here's another thing: the players union should be getting into uh, yeah. protect those young players. I mean. You know, Tatis is Dominican. Um, you know, how how well did he speak and read English when he was 16, 17 years old, starting his professional career? You know, like that shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's it's That's a fair pred- point. Yeah, it's predatory at you know, at best it's predatory. And it's it's for me, it's criminal. You know, like I, I think that's you're 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 preying upon uh, you know, a group of people that have lived a lot of these players are coming out of poverty uh you know and using their ability to get their family out you know and these people are preying on that you know like dude fuck them okay at major league baseball union head if you need somebody to help you uh again you can find me here um i'm i'm very all over the internet i can help email you out. us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com we'll put you yeah. in contact with mac yeah, <laughs> yeah i was gonna I, say mac you, mac will literally throw his name into any hat at this point so absolutely just, well that's because he could do most of these jobs better than the people who are hired to do them big facts big yeah. facts you know um, but I, it's just it sucks that you're seeing kids taken advantage of and that's what they are they're kids Oh, that that opens up a nice little segue here. Let's talk about kids being taken advantage of. Wait, 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 wait. I did want to interject really, really quick. What happened today, just a little tidbit that I saw that I thought was interesting. Um, And I'm going to butcher his name. So just give me a break, okay? Because I'm not big on baseball. But I thought this was worth noting that um, Shohei Otani for the Angels pitched a 97 mile per hour fastball today. Okay. While throw, he was just throwing live at, at he was throwing at a live uh, batting practice. Yeah, Otani is the the player and position player that the Angels brought over from Japan. Uh, he had yeah. Tommy John. He surgery. had Tommy John surgery. Ah, he came back. Okay, that's the part season. I forgot about with yeah. the Tommy yeah. John surgery. Yeah, I was like ninety seven. That's pretty normal for a pitcher. No, no, no. I should have said I. I should have led with that. Yeah, he came back last season. Um, yeah. After I having forgot the Tommy, about that John Tommy John season. surgery, yeah. Yeah. and then he, but he strained uh, the the flexor pronator mass, which is re- near where they did the surgery, and so it limited him to only hitting. So yeah. he came; he's coming back for this season and already throwing ninety seven. Okay, hour, well, in so. that case, good for Otani. Yeah, I, I like Otani, uh, and if I think if they kind of limit him to you know, some spot starts or maybe some long relief to keep him like his bat in the lineup. Uh, the angels could be really good, but yeah. what the fuck do I know? Mm. <laughs> um, let's go to the white uh, or, or Capitol Hill. Uh, Congressman Jerry Moran from Kansas introduced one of a handful of bills of, about co- collegiate athlete rights and compensation earlier today, Wednesday. Uh, Moran's bill would allow student athletes to sign endorsement deals with restrictions on certain types. Uh, it would increase medical coverage that many of the wealthiest athletic departments have to provide for their athletes and establish rules that would allow players to transfer to new schools and enter professional drafts without losing eligibility. Um, that is that is music to my ears. 
Yes. So, <laughs> so, so right off the bat, let's compare this to, is it Corey Booker who had the college athlete bill of rights? Yeah. Booker Booker was a big proponent of that. Um, like I Booker, I thought he did a great job, but that was like some pie in the sky stuff, right? It, he, it was stuff he knew wasn't going to get, um, you know, he would never get through the Senate. Excuse me. But I mean, we've seen in the United States, uh, this is a slow, uh, you know, this is, this is a country that's slow to change, you know? So this little chunk would be great. Now, I don't think Moran gets it through the house only because it doesn't seem like, um, you know, the, the NIL legislation is still pending. Right. But can you imagine if he passes, you know, if this thing gets through and, and, and schools actually had to, you know, acknowledge and keep up on their end, that healthcare that -hmm. they're supposed to be providing for players. Because if a, if a player gets injured enough and they pull his scholarship, the school's under no obligation to that student anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, and this this comes on the heels of Notre Dame's announcement that they will not be supporting uh, the new NCAA football games because of NIL rights not yeah. existing for the players. Well, yeah, good that's for a, them. Swore break. That's some performative shit. Honestly, like this dude's been behind. Like he fought any kind of player compensation. Like that guy has not been in in, in favor of it uh, until the last few years. You know, when kind of public opinions like no pay the players, you know, allow them to move as freely as coaches do, uh, which I think players should be allowed to do anyway, because you're not, a lot of these kids are not just going to the school to go to the school. It's because they make a connection with the coach. They know they're going to, you know, that this coach has a system that's going to, you know, amplify their playing abilities. Right. Yeah. Um, And unless your name is uh, John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh, you're going to be, you're at risk of being fired any day. Yeah. You know, it, it's just like um, clear or clearly not because they haven't yet. So. That's yeah. my point. Like, they yeah. ha- unless your name is Jim Harbaugh, mm. you're at risk of being fired any day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but like these players, if they want to leave, let them fucking leave. I don't understand this whole, uh, you know, you got to sit out a year unless you're a grad student. Right. Um, and even then, you know, a lot of these schools can put in. Uh, you know, blocks to where these kids could go. Like say, I know a couple of years ago, there was a player that wanted to transfer within the sec uh, and the school he was trying to leave was like, no, you can't transfer to anywhere within the sec. So that immediately knocks out 15 schools with, you know, probably four to five of them being the, t- was, you know, some of the top places for collegiate athletes to go, you know, like, I actually yeah. didn't know that players could be restricted on that stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Head coaches try and throw their dick around and, and, and you know, cause that's their program. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's how they kind of let people know, Hey, I'm in charge. This is my program. You know, you have to play by my rules. And, you know, if they are losing somebody to transfer, they're going to, you know, before the last few years, they would make it extremely difficult for them to do so. Um, you know, we should thank Russell Wilson for essentially graduating early to stop playing for a shit head coach. And go someplace he would be appreciated, you know, when he went from NC State to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of broke through that shit where he was like, no, the coach down here at NC State sucks dick. Why would I waste another year of eligibility playing here? Um, you know, got his credits and went to Wisconsin. You know, yeah. um, and I, yeah. I mean, it goes without saying, we've said it repeatedly that we stand in right or in favor of player rights. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah. in the college arena where it's, you know, very few are 
taking their side. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I was going to say the bill too also calls for the creation of a government nonprofit corporation called the Amateur Intercollegiate Athletics Corporation. I really they need to work on the name. It's a yeah. little it's a little wordy. Yeah. Um, or the AIAC that would help create and enforce rules and settle disputes. It would also be granted the power to subpoena witnesses. And they're saying that it would be run by a 15 person board of directors with at least five of those seats filled by current or former athletes, which I am not opposed to. Um, it would you know, not receive taxpayer money and would be able to create sanctions or fines for athletes who break rules. And then the FTC would also have the power to sanction rule breakers. So the FTC, like this isn't a tr- I, that. I mean, there, there's already an organization they could do this shit with, and that's literally the National Labor Relations Board. If they would just let these players unionize, you wouldn't have to make up something else. It's already there. The infrastructure's there. Uh, but, you know, God forbid everybody in America doesn't get over their fear of the U word. <laughs> fucking. Well, but the thing is, though, is like you, you can't use. I don't know if you could necessarily use that because, or like let the, letting them unionize because his bill explicitly states that athletes are to be considered students rather than employees. Well, that's because he's a Republican. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. It, it's, it's still an exploitation of, of labor, yeah. um, you know, but I mean, there are other, I mean, a lot of these guys are, you know, are going to get degrees. They, they are because not, there's only so many spots in professional football. Right. But you know, you also have to look out for, you know, the, the Olympic sports, you know, your, your swimmers, your, your track and field uh, yeah. uh, athletes, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, all those non-revenue generating sports, which is 90% of all collegiate athletics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, it's everything it's, except football, basketball, and, basketball. and some baseball. Yeah. Occasional. But then, yeah. Baseball is not a, re- it's not considered a revenue generator. Um, because it's mostly a black hole. Um, but, uh, you know, let these players organize, um, you know, and let them negotiate with the university in good faith to get their cut. All right. And, and, and have the ability to go sign endorsements. That, that, I, I, it, it, the, this whole amateurism, I, you know, I talked about this on another podcast that's uh, currently on the air. Go ahead um, and plug it. Yeah, uh, the You Don't Know History podcast that I also host. Uh, we I talked to, with uh, Dr. Jo, uh, Johanna Mellis about the Olympic amateurism model, which is what the NCAA amateurism model is built on, and it's bullshit. And if the you know International Olympic Committee can come out and say, well, then let's let professional athletes play, the NCAA should compensate that for that same labor. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I, I liked where Moran's head was at, though, with, you know, with especially with the, the medical part of it and, uh, um, you know, the, the transfer without penalty. I, I really like those two parts. And honestly, Heather, I'm not even opposed to the AIAC. I think I. I think, yeah, you got it. You got yeah, it. I think, I think you got, got the acronym right. We yeah. need something a little catchier. I, I'm, I'm not opposed to IAC. All right. Um, I, I just think that uh, instead of only five former or current players, you make it 10. And then I can get into it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and really like they have to be uh, former players within a certain range. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't need some crusty fucking Ole Miss running back from '68 right. uh, sitting on this on this board, you know? Right, like, because they're they're from a different era, and they're just gonna sit here and go, "No player shouldn't get paid." Yeah, I didn't get yeah. paid. Yeah, you know, School like yeah. my pay. It it should be capped at like no more than 15 years removed. You know? Can you imagine like Ed Reed on that board? Just just walk it in like, fuck you, pay them. You know, I would love that. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Well, from one topic that we love to uh, harp on to another one, and that's LSU and another sex scandal. Swear to God. Okay, first of all, not a sex scandal. Let's. Um, you're, you are alleging things. A continuation things. Of, of the university's current inability to tackle sexual harassment allegations on campus. That's better. That's a better way of doing it. My That's notes that. say assault and harassment. Well, there has didn't. There have uh, been anyway, a settlement well. between former LSU head coach Les Miles and an unnamed student has come to light because of an investigation into how LSU has handled multiple cases of sexual assault and sexual harassment on campus. According to a report written by Andrea Gallo uh, and Brooks Cubana of The Advocate, around 10 years ago, Miles and the student came to a settlement after Miles had been accused of hitting on her. Miles denies the report, but had little to say on the matter. They never do. No. Uh, the settlement found by law firm Hush Blackwell, which is conducting the independent investigation, churned up the settlement, but the university has stated it was, quote, not a party to it, and we have not seen it, end quote. And I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> there is no way that LSU is not aware of a <laughs> sexual harassment settlement to their former star head coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to just go ahead and say this before Heather gives me her uh, more nuanced look. Uh, there's some, there's something in the water down in Baton Rouge. Um, that's just leading to more and more of the shit coming out, man. Yeah. I ain't happy about it. I'm not yeah. happy about it at all. And I have long said that I have a very love hate relationship with the man, I, I said it when he was our coach. Like, now, let, let me get, get myself together. Yeah, you heard this. the paper rustling, guys, so yes, just bear with is. her a minute. There's paper. Yes, there's paper. Um, so, yeah, so uh, it, there was there was this this lawsuit, because there's actually another one as well. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, because I read the article. It's from The Advocate. That's the Baton Rouge um newspaper and so i actually like follow them and and so yeah so i actually read the whole thing so of course miles denied it when he was reached by phone um by the advocate um and then one of his attorneys out of new york sent in an email that said a description of Miles' settlement with the student is discernibly incomplete and inaccurate, and its publication would recklessly cast Mr. Miles in a false light. Ginsburg did not immediately respond to follow-up questions about whether he was denying the existence of the settlement himself. So, obviously, it's there, right? So, the settlement has been Buried, buried, buried. 
to the point that it does not come up in searches of Baton Rouge court records. Wow. That's how buried it is. And it only came to light amid the larger review of the LS of how LSU handles its sexual um, assault allegations um, and domestic violence ones. And it's because of that Hirsch Blackwell uh, investigation that's going on right now. Yeah. Um, They are supposed to deliver their report on that next week. So maybe by next week's recordings, you know, that report will be out. If not, don't worry, I'll read it and I'll report back on it. Yeah. Um, and so so that's how they even found it was because it came up it because they were doing something bigger and it just happened as they were, you know, pulling the hay. Oh, here it is. Um, and and then and so what they are finding because of in the bigger one. Um, in the bigger investigation that some of the incidents happened under miles and then some of them happened under, Oh, coach. O. Yeah. So, um, they don't really know how prominently this, this, this miles lawsuit is going to show in that Blackwell report. Um, but the settlement may have led to the larger review at the time of how miles treated female students at the university Eight years ago, Miles, now the head coach at KU, was the subject of another investigation by a Baton Rouge law firm, uh, court records show. Um, and he he now he has intervened on the case um, in, in Baton Rouge District Court in an effort to prevent LSU from releasing the law firm's investigation into him. Okay, so the judge is doing this? The judge is intervening to ensure that doesn't happen? Uh, no, Miles did. How is, Miles, he able to, how is he able to intervene like that? He he filed a request. Okay. Um, hold on. Well, USA Today filed a lawsuit against LSU last month. Okay. Uh, because their story in November... Uh, prompted Blackwell, which prompted the Blackwell investigation, which probably is likely to do with Geis and that whole thing. Yeah. Um, that's what spurned it. And it looks like they filed a public records request from yeah, the university. Yeah, I was going to say it, it probably yeah. involved a FOIA request. Yeah, to yeah. to the Taylor Porter law, for, law firm. Yeah, by the law firm Taylor Porter into... Former LSU coach Les Miles, Taylor Porter continues to represent LSU on a wide range of legal matters. It's because they're throwing like a fucking three million dollar retainer at him every month. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, LSU attorneys refuse to release the Taylor Porter report, saying that doing so would deprive Miles of his constitutional right to privacy. They cited the Louisiana Constitution rather than the state's public records law. So I that's remember what they're reading hiding. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. what they're hiding behind. So, and of course, there's this whole thing of uh, Joe Oliva is like, you know, the coaching business is competitive and it's com- it's important to compensate our coach for his accomplishments and his worth and blah, blah, blah. Um, 
And so Miles's attorneys are arguing that the records are of a highly personal nature and said their release would harm Miles's reputation. So his attorneys positioned, petitioned the court to issue a temporary restraining order forbidding LSU from uh, releasing the investigation ahead of the February 9th hearing. So, oh, okay. fact, oh, so this was, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. They, yeah. they, okay. yeah. So Baton Rouge, the Baton Rouge district court district judge, Chip Moore agreed, then ruled that he would review the investigation to determine whether it was subject to disclosure under public records law. You're goddamn right. It is. He well, was a he was an employee of a public university that public university that received not only federal but state tax money mm-hmm. and his his fucking salary, his multi million dollar salary mm-hmm. was paid with those tax dollars. You're oh, goddamn yeah. right. That it's, should not that should not be held uh, you know, under seal. Yeah. So it says the judge's decision could affect how LSU and Hush Blackwell's ability to reference the Taylor Porter investigation in their review. So that's the big one that's going on. Yeah. The court records show that LSU remains under an order not to release the the Taylor Porter documents until Moore makes a decision. Okay. I I just want to start this with uh, Chip Moore is a very judge name. Uh, The only thing that can make it. Yeah, name. <laughs> the only thing that could make it even more judgy is if you slap the Roman numeral on the end. I mean, uh, why not? Or yeah, like junior. Yeah, senior, all rise. Man. The Honorable uh, Leroy Chip Moore the Eighth, Judge Presiding. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, this this is bullshit, right? Oh um, yeah, oh yeah. You know, no, I like I said it. The encounter that I have had with Les Miles because I've I've met him, incredibly nice. And there are stories of people in Baton Rouge saying, you know, like he is literally like the nicest man on the planet. That may be so, but that doesn't mean he's not a predator behind closed doors. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. This particular female that's, you know, mentioned in the settlement was a a grad assistant for the football team. Mm -hmm. You know, so like we're... (laughs) It, this is a place she graduated, or she, you know, she's attending graduate school with. She's working with the football team. Uh, you know, she may, may, you know, may very well have got her undergrad from there. This is a place where she's supposed to be safe, and the guy running all of it is making fucking passes at her. Mm-hmm. Um, you well, know, this, like, well, and this is where I start throwing flags about LSU not knowing about it, because how does a case get? buried to the point that it does not come up in a public record search yeah i mean that's what surprised me about yeah, this there's too. No way the school didn't know yeah there's there's no way there's no way that lsu didn't know and two that lsu wasn't a party to it there's yeah. no way i'm calling bullshit on that there there are two things that are religion in louisiana the kingfish and fucking lsu football period all right. Like you, you don't get any bigger than Huey Long and, and the goddamn Tigers. Right. Like you just don't in that state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact that if the if the university, you know, didn't know about it, like I'm agree with you, both of you on this. There's there's no fucking way they didn't know because there's only one organization that can ask that something like that could put away. And that's the school itself. Yeah. yeah. You know, like For nobody, sure. nobody else has the kind of pool that the school does, you know, and it's just. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just I'm I'm calling shenanigans on that. I just oh am. oh yeah, it's, and not not the cute cheeky kind. This is this no is some, no yeah. not, no definitely not the cute cheeky yeah. kind. So as as I've been saying for months, fucking do better, LSU. Because seriously. <laughs> I will walk the fuck away. I mean, how many more things does LSU need to have surfaced before they start to get hit with like a postseason ban? Or, or uh, even they're t- towing the fucking line. Title nine violations. That. Title yeah. nine violations. Like, like that's what I figured would happen when we when we got the Darius Geis story, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Because he he, you know, what he did was against a female athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh. Right. The big one that he was, he yeah. was uh, you know, charged. With. Right. Um, you know, I, I figured that Title IX applicate, you know, uh, punishments would have been coming down, but nothing. You know, then we get the Grant Delpit and the Greedy Williams kind of did they or didn't they. Um, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm at, at this point, you know, there where there's smoke, there's fire. There's an issue down there. It's just like there was a Baylor. Right. Um, you know, I hope, uh, you know, for LSU fans sake and just for students there that it doesn't come out to be as bad as Baylor was. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, because like Baylor, while it was a private school and it had a lot more leeway into what they could keep hidden and what they couldn't, you know, and, and he had a great a asshole like Ken Starr, who was the president of the university, uh, you know, who was able to keep things hidden and then a real piece of shit in Art Bryles who could just kind of look the other way while it happened are we coming to find out that Les Miles and Coach O are doing the exact fucking same thing? Mm-hmm. Um, you well, know, that's, like, what it's, that's what it's starting to sound like. Yeah. It's, it's fucked. Yeah. It's but fucked. I'm with you. I'm with you, Tim. Like how much more do you have to do mm-hmm. to be punished? Um, you know, because the, you know, Miles brand was quick on the trigger with Penn state. You know, once mm-hmm. Sandusky went to jail, he came down hard. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm sorry, but there didn't they do a one year self imposed playoff ban this year? Yeah, that's not yeah. enough. That that doesn't cut yeah, it the, at this point. They, yeah. The playoff that they weren't going to be in, anyways. Right. So right. yeah, now again, do fucking better. And like, I don't, I don't know what kind, like, what kind of extracting the cancer needs to be that happens down there, but they need to fucking do it. Yeah, I mean, this is it's. You know, this is kind of like the Department of Defense. Like, there's a lot of good talk about we need to do better where we're trying, but there's very little follow through, you know, yeah. because the shit keeps happening. Yeah. All right. Well, let's turn to our final topic of the evening. And yeah. we are now a couple weeks removed from the Super Bowl and therefore the end of the NFL season. And, you know, let's let's what recap and see what see what happened. Poor yeah, one out. Poor, Pour one out for the 2020 NFL season. Somehow the NFL pulled this off. Yes. Uh, With no bubbles, no preseason, um, only a few significant COVID issues. Yeah. Um, Well, what I was going to say is like you have, we had it in our like outline for the notes of like what, what surprised you the most that. Just that yeah. the season even happened. Yeah, that, that we got from surprise. week one to a Super Bowl champion. Yep. And we crowned a Super Bowl champion on time. That's yeah. the surprise. That's it. Uh, <laughs> that should tell you that when a bunch of greedy fucks really want to make some money, anything can happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, only a Rich few teams were hit bucks. hard by COVID for a little while. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was probably the one thing uh, Goodell and the commissioner's office fucked up was like, given a pass to the Ravens in like week five, wasn't it? I was just about to go there. The the unbalanced treatment of COVID outbreaks in the team. Uh, And that's one that hits particularly hard for me as a Browns fan because it seemed like there were like three weeks we were sitting here going, um... Yeah, well, that, like, honestly, I wanted to, like, just drive up to Berea and stand out front of the doors and tell everybody to get the fuck out because that was the only way it seemed like Cleveland was going to not get COVID. Any Brown was not going to get COVID. It was just to stay the fuck out of the building. Um, But you know, Brown's fans were LeBron and the Ravens were Roger Goodell uh, were J.R. Smith. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, it was, I thought that was kind of fucked. Um, But I'll, you know, I think one of my, for me, um, you know, I liked uh, the expanded playoff. I really, yes. I really dug that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we're going to see that going into, um, I think next year when we when they add a seventeenth game and and the expanded playoff. Um, you know, but I mean, uh, the Browns were probably the biggest surprise. Uh, the Browns and the Titans for me were the two biggest. See, I had that. I had that for mine. Was I was I was pleasantly surprised with Cleveland and with Buffalo. I was very pleasantly surprised. With but Heather, what they we, did. it shouldn't have been a surprise for us because we did pick Buffalo to win the East and win it big. We did, um, we did. But I'm just saying, like, just yeah. just how they played this. I'm looking at the season like overall. Yeah, I know? mean, but yeah, absolutely, Buffalo. Like, the, Tim, when was the last time you felt this good about the Browns? He doesn't remember. <laughs> exactly. He's really, he's got to carry the one. Carry I the was one. seven. Oh, no, no. Let me, let me rephrase. I was 12. Okay. And it was the day. Tell me what be- year that was because I don't. Yes, it was 1999. Okay. And oh, it was. When the team came back, <laughs> it was the Saturday before week one. <laughs> I remember where I was. I was down in Disney. Hurricane Floyd was sweeping through. It was the first time they closed oh. Disney. I watched that Brown Steelers week one game in the hotel at Disney. So see, see, this is this is why I said I was so pleasantly surprised with Cleveland of really like taking the moment seizing the moment even with yep. this even with the polaroid happening to really like make <laughs> a stand and not do cleveland things for yeah. once yeah cleveland, yeah. cleveland, so, cleveland not, not only didn't do cleveland things cleveland did the opposite of cleveland things yeah I know. they want a, so a playoff you, game you should be very proud and i'm proud of them for you too i am very oh. happy and I am very Which is proud. Very weird. And for me to like I am very excited for our inevitable collapse in next year because we got one good year. But you know no. what? Though? <laughs> it's going to be a it's going to be a really far fall. So at least you have time to process it. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I mean honestly, I, I expect way, so we'll I talk about that in future uh, episodes. But I expect that we will improve over what we had this yeah. year. Yeah, I mean we. Yeah, we I, kind of, yeah, we saw I think so a new too. cream of the crop kind of rising. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we know, like, you and know, it's the, Buffalo and Cleveland. Yeah, which is, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and then you know, Tampa, 
you know, they pull the Super Bowl out, right? Uh, number 12 gets, you know, number seven. But, like, he's he's not – like, he, he looks like he, he can continue to play, but we've seen what happens to these quarterbacks. It happened to Drew Brees. It happened to Peyton Manning. There's going to get to a point, and it could happen midseason. That's what happened to Peyton, remember? Yeah. Um, you know, where your where body it, is just like, nope, we're done. Yeah. It, it, we're all you, done. Your father time finally gets you. There's so, a very steep cliff for quarterbacks, and yeah. he, he's he's really pushing that edge. And yeah. so far, he's navigating it very well. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, but, he plays, he plays on a great team with a lot of great wide receivers. Um, you know, he just had to make things gel. And look what happened at towards the end of the season, man. Tampa Bay was humming. Um, yeah. You know, I really think once Fournette – I mean, can you, can you imagine what that offense would look like if Fournette actually got his shit together earlier in the season? Like, holy yeah. shit, man, that would have been something yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they wouldn't have been what – where they have they were a four loss team five loss five I think team? I think four yeah yeah like yeah if if Fournette was doing what he should have fucking been doing if he'd have played the way he played like his senior year um yeah they wouldn't yeah. have been a four loss team yeah you know yeah. The they were a five Let loss just, five loss five thanks, loss Tim. thank yeah. you um, I was gonna say I knew it was like a really big number well for, two of them were in New Orleans yeah yeah I know yeah I know I I said that I literally just said that because I'm I mean, always gonna the, add that in it's always gonna have, be a factor I I think the bigger the big surprises for me um are gonna be uh you know who's gonna start next year quarterback for a lot of teams yeah. So um, on that note, I saw a lot of interesting rumors today. Yeah. Um, most notably, it seems that there are a lot of insiders believing that Cam Newton is heading to Washington. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, he had a lot of good years with Rivera. Um, I don't think that Cam was fully healed from, you know, like it seemed like 60 or 70 surgeries, but, you know, during the off season before the yeah. 2020 season started. Um, and I don't think Josh McDaniel really knew what to do with Cam in New England. Um, it's, you know. it's a completely different quarterback than Tom Brady. Yeah. And and honestly, look at the skill players New England has. They were not going to make uh, Cam Newton's life any easier either. Uh, you know, Nikhil Harry is the first round bust. Julian Edelman was hurt a lot of the year. Uh, after going from Gronkowski, uh, you know, there's, I, I guess, the tight end's just an extra lineman. Uh, you know, like the, the skill position is, is a, you know, they're dry in New England. Um, you know, and Belichick said it best, you know, we we sold the farm to make sure Brady could win and we didn't have anything mm-hmm. to show for it. Um, you know, well, I mean, like, he had six Super Bowls to show for it. Yeah, yeah. but like the, the aftermath, I meant like he yeah. it was scorched mm-hmm. earth, you know. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of uh, Cam Newton, there is a video floating around. I don't know if you guys saw it of him like at his little football camp. That he runs. Oh, yeah. man, that's so great. Of the little boy. What was it? The little boy was calling him poor. He was like, No, you're going to be poor because no one, he actually said, You're going to be poor because oh, yeah. no one's going to sign your ass. Um, <laughs> you know, other and people's I, kids, man. Other people's yeah. kids. Oh, dude. And I thought Cam, Cam handled it about as well as anybody could have. Uh, like for me, I would have been like, <laughs> Bitch, you're at my camp. Get no. the fuck out. <laughs> Um, no, but he's, I mean, he's kind of known, I, at least he was in Charlotte for like being super like kid friendly. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah, he's like, that, that dude loves kids. Oh um, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's a community kind of guy. Yeah. So, but I just, I think, I always think it's funny if when 
Cam Newton gets dunked on. So yeah, well, I mean, uh, the, the betting favorite, on... okay, the, the betting favorite to start in New England next year is none other than Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, like I was talking to Tim earlier, Heather. I signed Mariota in Madden 2019 and did very well with him, but mm-hmm. that's a video game. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie. I probably hit on more first round picks at Madden than Bill has in the last few years. So, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, if that's the way they go, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm not buying another quarterback's Jersey. Uh, cause I have a, <laughs> I got a cam Jersey and you know, they're not cheap. Um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, Heather and I are in the same boat. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I might, I might have Mariota. She might have Jameis Winston and, uh, we're, we'll both just cry on Sundays. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, well, there's always room on the Browns bandwagon. I'd rather not. No, I'd, I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather pull my paper sacks back out, which I live in Washington now, so I can actually get them. So um, <laughs> I'd rather I pull mean, my paper. Sacks I mean, that's back a, out. that's another that's another interesting thing. You know, we see, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's not happy. He's trying to force a trade. There's talk that, you know, Russell Wilson is not happy uh, and might be trying to force his way out of Seattle. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, big name quarterbacks that we can see move before the draft. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's coming up quick, you know, it's, yeah. it's end of end of March, end of March and the first, uh, you know, weekend in April. So like it's, you know, there's I think there's going to be a lot of shifting things, you know, like I'm, I'm here's my hot take my hot NFL take. Do not sign J.J. Watt uh, for more than two years and like maybe five mil spread out over both. He's an injury risk and he's not the same guy he was five years ago, you know? Yeah. yeah. Rumor uh, word is today that the Browns are officially ruled out of the JJ Watt sweepstakes. Oh, you mean the Miz just couldn't work his magic? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we'll see. We'll see because, like, the thing is, is whatever teams are left are going to be, these are going to be contenders, right? And contenders mm-hmm. traditionally do not have a lot of cap money, right? Are you going to spend a, a big, chunk of that cap on a guy like jj watt like is he walking into these buildings like i want 10 mil a year mm-hmm. um if he's walking in saying i want 10 mil a year i don't give a fuck if i'm on the cusp and i just need a little extra push no i could probably go out and draft an edge rusher much cheaper and then use that to to flesh out another positional group you know get two why not yeah. get two you could probably yeah. get two for the price of one. Exactly. I, I can. I, you're exactly right, Heather. I can go yeah. out and get two players cheaper and get the same amount of production, right? Um, exactly. So, Tim, you don't know. Maybe J.J. Watt falls back in the Browns' lap. I Maybe. mean, that's possible. Uh, there was some uh, speculation. Uh, the name just escaped me that somebody was thinking about going to Cleveland. Uh, uh, Lattimore. Lattimore, yeah. Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, um, there, I don't I don't know about that. Um, there was there was some speculation because he talked about putting Cleveland on the map, but he's also from Cleveland. So he may have been talking about that. He's uh, probably talking about that just because if there is one, I will say if there is one thing that the Saints do very well is creating a sense of loyalty within their team and their organization. If, if there's one thing that the Saints do I, well, it's overspend and need to clear up salary cap space and Marshawn Lattimore's $10 million next year is very attractive. Yeah. Um but not if not if Drew retires. Yeah, Heather even with his, even if Drew retires, he, they still need to trim their salary cap. Yeah. Like Heather, he's he's still going to carry dead money going into next year because he's retiring. 
in uh, in the like what some compensation still do. So mm-hmm. the Saints still have to pay it, even if he retires, they still have to pay it. They're still on the hook. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's like a signing bonus of like seventeen mil. Um, so instead of being like a hundred million over the cap, you know, the Saints are just like eighty mil over now. So. Yeah. Okay, well, um, it's still less, so that's fine. The number's at, dropping. At this point, it's going down. That's the direction we need it to go. Down. At this down. point, I don't know if the Saints can get under the salary cap. I, you know what? What, what is the cap? What is what is what is what is, what is that? What is Heather's, the line? Talk, Heather's talking about the salary cap like it's the cloud. What's the cloud? What is the cloud? <laughs> All right. Like, is, oh, as a tech is, guy, that hurts. It's <laughs> such. I, I feel like the cap is such a you know just a subjective term. It's except really, except it's not. This is something the players and ownership. No, I, you know what? No, it's no, so it's much. just like the cloud. It's just there. Okay. We don't really know what it is. It's something the IT guys talk about. Exactly. That nobody (laughs) else really like wants to get into the nuts and bolts of, but it's just there and we all know it. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of teams that are going to roll over a ton of cap from last season. Um, The salary cap is not going to drop, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to go up as much, but it's not going to, you know, they're spreading out, essentially spreading out the losses over multiple seasons. do you know um, if any are some are like giving some away? Because... No, they will not do that. Um, <laughs> oh. I mean, well, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. I mean, if, if we it's had like a, a famous... military discount, it doesn't yeah. hurt to ask if you can get if, it. So, if we had a famous last name, Heather, we could essentially probably just walk up to some headquarters and be like, "Listen, I'm their cousin. Look at my name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will take a practice squad uh, contract. Give me that 170k, baby. I will be a tackling dummy. All right, I will do Shoot. that. You know." Uh, but then again, they would be sure, like, bro, I'd almost do it for like 50, but I mean, oh, aim no, high, the, aim yeah, high. well, I mean, that's, that's the base salary in the NFL. That's, that's the, oh, well. that's the minimum. Um, so, you know, like give me that 160 and that healthcare, baby, let's do this. I mean, cause I'm gonna need it. I turned 40 this year. If I get hit once, I'm. You're, like, you're going night night. Yeah, I'm done, man. I'm kind of like Curtis Blades this weekend and fight Ooh. night. But. Oh yeah, that didn't look good. Oh, it was bad. It was real yeah. bad. Yeah, it was. Uh, any other uh, big free agents we need to discuss here? Uh, Justin Simmons, man, the Browns need to pony up money for him. I would love to see him in a, in a Patriots uniform, but I think after the Stephon Gilmore signing and not being able to move him, I don't think Bill is going to go. Uh, you know, and especially with the McCourty brothers still debating on on what they're doing, like. Uh, but if if the Browns are really serious, go pony up the money you know for what? Justin Simmons. You know this that might be where they do Cleveland things. I have yeah. a feeling this is where they're going to shit the bid. Yeah. Well, I mean, as he, of it, yesterday, the Broncos are expected to slap the franchise tag on him again. Hmm. Well, okay. and that's that's going to make it almost impossible like uh to because i mean if if you slap the tag on somebody and then trade them like i think it's like a guaranteed first round pick and Mm. the browns need to send theirs out like even if it's in the low first round do not send that first round pick out well i mean we we know he's not if that's the case i mean he wouldn't go to the rams so there's that we know that yeah Yeah, the rams don't have a pick (laughs) they haven't had a first round pick in seven years yeah it really does seem like that they went they went all in and uh lost in the super bowl uh, well, no, well done. They, they have not had a first round. No, pick. legitimately, they haven't. 
And it's seven years. Legitimately, in seven years, they're not going to have one this time either. What year? What year was golf drafted? Hold on, give me one second here. Uh, Their last first round pick was in 2016, and that was that golf. Yes. Okay. He was uh, 2017. Their pick was traded to Tennessee for golf. 2018. It was traded to new England for Brandon cooks. 2019. Yeah. It was traded to Atlanta for more picks. 2020 and 2021 was the Jalen Ramsey trade and 22 and 23 are the Matt Stafford trade. Wow. So they think they're yeah. just set up to go at this very second. They wow, do that so- every year. They do. Five five years without a pick like at least the patriots are making the picks and swinging and missing on them uh you know like the patriots do their best drafting in the third round and below no their their last four first round picks are robinson and donald in 2014 Gurley in 2015 and golf in 2016 that's it for the first round so yeah so so we know that yeah you know what's his face he's not going there it's yeah. gonna go in the first I mean, round. He's yeah, not gonna I mean, go that's, there. That's a, that's yeah. a good point. Um, I'm sorry. You know. I feel like I I said this stat to you like three weeks ago when we were talking about it, and well, uh, it's been a week. You've had a lot going on. Yeah, I'll it's give been you a week. That. I'll Thank throw you. you a bone. I, I appreciate that, bone. Heather. But yeah, I mean, I I think uh, next season is gonna be really fun too. We you've got a lot of young and up and coming teams. Uh, you know, there's tra- it seems like those traditional powers are kind of moving. Uh, you know, settling back to the middle of the league and, and you have teams like Buffalo and Cleveland, um, you know, Tampa, I think even without Brady is going to be very good because they've got a lot of good young talent there. Um, you know, I, it just, this is going to be really fun uh, uh, next few seasons, I think as, yeah. as, the, as the league kind of resets from, you know, new England and, and uh, you know, new Orleans and, you know, the, those those teams that have been in the mix for the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Do I you have any this. like uh, hot offseason takes? Uh, if the Patriots sign Mariota, I'm going to spend a week in my room crying. <laughs> I, I will do was that. It, will it really be that bad? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um Heather, that's why I said we'll be digitally embracing each other because Mariota and Winston, all they do is throw it to the other team. So, you know, yeah, we'll just, yeah, we'll just, figure something we'll, out. We'll yeah. air hug it out. Yeah. yeah. What was, what was the biggest disappointment of this season? Uh, honestly, for me, it was how shitty people were to Dak Prescott. Uh, okay. He was, he was the straw that stirred the drink in Dallas. He had that offense humming. He breaks his fucking leg. Uh, you know, and Dallas fans immediately turn on the guy. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Uh, you know, do, do I think Dak Prescott is a $40 million a year quarterback? No. But do I think he's easily a top 10 quarterback? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, look how shitty some of these, you know, uh, draft Knicks are. They're like, yeah, you know, they'll slap the, the, the franchise tag back on Dak and Dallas will still draft a quarterback at 10. And then let Dak walk the next year because he's not that important. Yeah, we saw you, how you know you know what Dallas is this season with Dak Prescott. They're a playoff team. Yeah, dude, especially in the East, they miss Fuck. the they miss the playoffs by one game. Yeah, you know they got they get blown out by Washington after Dak goes down. They get uh, 
I mean, they get blown out twice by Washington. Those games don't happen without Dak, with Dak yeah. behind center. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. With the numbers he was putting up, they're probably a nine and seven, ten, maybe even ten and six team. Yeah, depending on how Which the defense played. Better they than they've been in how long? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think another big disappointment was how Pittsburgh, uh, how shitty their offense really ended up being towards the end of the season when they realized maybe James O'Connor is not a starting caliber running back. They don't have another answer for him, which forces Ben Roethlisberger to throw the ball 50 times a game. And you can't do that when your quarterback is 103 years old, Um, you know, and I'm, uh, you know, and in a kind of a, to piggyback that disappointment, I'm, disappointed the Steelers are bringing Ben back you know like why you want to talk about bringing back a dinosaur the man looks like an actual dinosaur yeah like that dude like for real he age he has not aged well no at all god he has not went into his late 30s early 40s well no Um, you know I don't think COVID's helped that out either I mean (laughs) at least like Drew looks okay yeah drew is still brady, good dude brady's brady, still very pretty yeah like you know but jesus christ yeah like <laughs> i'm i'm aging better ben, than ben, ben looks like ben looks like he's been in pittsburgh that long <laughs> yeah like, that's how, what it is how am i aging better than ben roethlisberger i have no money and i probably drink 10 times more shit, than he does shit even aaron Rodgers doesn't look that bad no for being for being in green bay like well i mean dude he's 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 doing very well the man just recently was engaged to shailene woodley who i think is a very attractive woman yeah she Um, is but what i'm just saying like ben looks like he's been in pittsburgh for pittsburgh he looks like he's been there forever and he's only been there i'm sure it's fine i'm sure it's great but clearly it does not do well on the aging process. It's not good for the skin. It's not good for the skin at all. No. Listen, Ben has not exfoliated correctly, people. That's Clearly, what you need to take away from He's not moisturizing. He's not moisturizing. He's not. He's not using that little roller under his eyes, you know? Okay, first of all, don't don't knock on that because it's very relaxing. I, okay? I'm not knocking it. I'm saying I've seen a lot of people start using that now. Yeah, it's very know? relaxing. Um. What about you, Tim? What are some? Uh, yes, yes, we. I mean, I was slowly becoming the, the, the Mac and Heather show. This is slowly becoming <laughs> the Mac and Heather show. So. Yeah, but it but it is the Mac and Heather show, just hosted by Tim. Oh, I mean, there's that. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. But you matter too. Yeah. You're, um, you're the third <laughs> biggest disappointment. Um, I don't know. I would say probably, you know. You know even with Cam, the Patriots were expected to do a lot more than they did. Um, as, as, the, as a representative Pats fan, I didn't expect them to do any <laughs> because they're, um, I just that team was just not good. But you're absolutely right. They were saying that the Pats were going to win ten games, and I'm like, where, where, where was ten wins on that schedule? Um, biggest surprise for me, Justin Herbert. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I did not see him sliding into that position right off the bat and playing as well as he did. Um, you know, he, he won offensive rookie of the year, uh, which, I mean, it was only aided by the fact that Cincinnati can't protect their quarterback. So, you know, there's that. But I still, I still think, Tim, that would have been a neck and neck race had 
Joe stayed healthy the entire Oh, yeah. Season. I think Joe Burrow probably would have won that. But, you know, Justin Herbert, he impressed me. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely. Dude, I'm with you on that one. I, I was very high on that. Uh, biggest disappointment, honestly, might actually be uh, Arizona. They, they started very strong. Uh, Kyler Murray was on fire. And then they kind of just flattened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a, and that that's always makes me sad for the for Arizona. Just you know, they ended up Patrick eight Peterson eight. is still there, and I just it always hurts my heart to not <laughs> see them in a decent playoff picture. Yeah, I, I think I mean Peterson's gone. He Arizona won't keep him. He's overpriced, and he needs to move to safety. Um, you know, uh, I think they have a lot of work to do on their defense, and they need a running back. Yeah, uh, but you know but that, got, that's a team that started six and three and finished eight and eight. Yeah, I mean, but that's it's also like a baby team. That's a very young team, mm-hmm. um, including its head coach. Yeah, you know. So I mean, I get that. Um, but yeah, dude, I I, I mean, maybe it, Arizona's going to be one of those up and coming teams. You know, it's I just wish they would get better uniforms. I, I hate Arizona's uniforms. <laughs> um, um, let's see what else is there. Um, who is there any chance that anybody other than Trevor Lawrence goes number one? Fuck no, absolutely no. not. Mm-mm. Nope. No, no, he is. He's too good. He's a generational talent, man. It's 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 just it's just like last year with Joe Burrow. Like yeah. everyone knew Joe Burrow was going to go first. Yeah, there was there was no way. It's like, implied. It's if, implied at this point. Yeah, but Joe Burrow was also coming off a red hot season and a national championship. Trevor Lawrence isn't. No, but yeah, Trevor, but he's but his yeah, Trevor. No, Trevor is still coming off like still really good seasons for Clemson. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, how many how many national? He's what he went to what two of them? Two. Yeah. 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 Right, and he won one. So it's like you probably can stack their stats comparably and, and they're both, you know, pretty, I mean, Lawrence is probably going to come out on top statistically because he played, you know, in three seasons where Burrow only played in two really. Um, But, you know, I I think that there's a lot to like about both of those quarterbacks. They're both generational talents. Mm -hmm. I think the only issue with Burrow was just getting him the snaps because, Mm -hmm. you know, Urban Meyer didn't know that he should have just sat, you know, JT Barrett's ass and stapled him to the fucking bench and brought Joe in. But, you know, hindsight's 2020. Always, always, right? And so one man's trash is another man's treasure. So, yeah. but, you know, um, I, I, just, I just don't think there's any way Jacksonville. No, there's know. no way. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, way too early predictions for uh, next year. Who's the best offseason coaching hire? <sighs> oh, Jesus. I don't know that. Um, Why would you pose that to me like on the show and not give me time to like research? I mean, I, I like that dude in Philly. Um, I really do. He's young. Nick Sirianni. Yeah. I think Sirianni can kind of re-energize Philadelphia. Right. I, and especially with a young, you got a young and exciting quarterback in Jalen Hurt, you know, like I just, maybe he can make something out of that considering it's kind of been a shit show since they won the Super Bowl, you know? Um, Detroit, I mean, they've got, they've got some pieces there, right? Um, see y'all keep up with this far, far more than I do. <laughs> Everybody's it got their strengths. It doesn't necessarily Heather. like concern me. I don't bother with it. Everybody's got their strengths. 
I mean, yeah. here, here's, and this here's, is not one of them. Here's my, here's my flaming hot take though, to end the show. This coming season will be Sean Payton's last in new Orleans. I don't think he uh, goes much longer than breeze. And I think he takes his talents elsewhere. You know what? I find that to be a very tepid take, actually. (laughs) We shall see. All right. Well, on that note, that'll do it for this week's episode. You can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in our conversation at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd Pod. You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple listener, drop us a review and we will read it on the air. You can find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows. That's just my face marital tiffs and dead girls talking for heather and mac i'm tim thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd hey everybody i hope you enjoyed this episode and i'm going to be right and heather is going to be wrong about my flaming hot take so (laughs) okay listen you're entitled to your wrong opinion but listen though in all seriousness we are still in a pan pizza so you need to wear your mask wash your hands Mm -hmm. and don't be a dick to people Yes. Have a good week. They can't see us. I don't know why we're waving. Why not? I don't know. That's a great way to end the show, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I would keep that. Why, why are we waving? They can't see us.